0: So this is it then. It's here. Welcome to the Overshare. We've spent so, so long working on this, from the first thought to the name, to the topics we want to discuss, and we're really, really excited about what we've got coming up Um, It's a very different project for me, which makes it all a bit nerve-wracking as well. (laughs) I'm hoping you'll like it, and hopefully you're going to stick with us for the journey of Series 1. It's called The Overshare, and we really hope you find it a little safe haven away from the chaos of life to lose yourself in some hilarious often upsetting and sometimes very shocking stories from real life. And there's not a celeb in sight. You'll be pleased to know these are real people. They're school-run ones, the people who've been cheated on, people who've lost someone, who have just got to get something off their chest or make us laugh ourselves silly. They're basically your neighbours or your sister or your best mate. And they're all about to overshare like never before. In this episode, episode one, we're talking about our bodies. Why we sometimes love them, why we loathe them, why are we constantly messing about with them. We asked for your stories on changes you've made for the better or for the worst, and we got such a variety of stories back. So thank you. We were filtering through them all and we had loads. It's much appreciated. Now, in every episode of the Overshare, we're going to have an expert on board to help us make sense of it all, basically. And the one joining us today is the wonderful Abby Blaze. She joins us. She's a life coach and a dating expert, and you'll be able to hear quite a bit from her throughout the series. As a warning, it's perhaps not for young ears. Coming up in this episode. You could see my boobs come in the room before you could see me come in the room, basically. If I ever I was with a guy, the light had to be off because I didn't want them to see. But obviously to strangers in a brown and top, oh, she's got lovely boobs. Mm-hmm. But it's how you feel when you're on your own, in your own body. What made you think that he wouldn't be
1: interested? Facebook pictures can be deceiving. When you see me in person, I probably don't look the same.
0: Anyone's name tattooed, its it's got to be a no-no for me because... You can't guarantee, even family members, you know, at some point or other, they're going to piss you off. Do you know what I mean? Mm.
2: Before I was 14, I had these 30-H boobs that were just absolutely crazy.
0: So our first guest, welcome to The Overshare, It's the lovely Amelia. Hello. Hello, how are you? We're good. Thank you for joining us. Now, I believe you're just down the road. Are you in Manchester City Centre? I'm not in the City Centre. I'm about... 12 minute train right away. Tell us about your story then, take us back to the beginning. So I had a breast
2: reduction when I was 21. Mm. Um, I was a 30 H, um, I'm a 32 E now. You could see my boobs come in the room before you could see me come in the room basically. It was, they were huge. I was, I'm 5'3", so I, I'm quite a tiny person. I kind of, I started growing boobs at 11, like everybody everybody does, you get excited about it. It's like, yes, I'm becoming a woman. Um, went to MS with my grandma before high school, got fitted for my first bra. And then before I was fourteen I had these thirty H boobs that were just absolutely crazy. Um but I had back pain, neck pain and everybody was just like, We can't actually do anything for you because of the, it's, it's it's your boobs at the end of the
0: day. We can't do anything. The big boobs run in your family.
2: Well, my mom's got a good pair, but they are smaller. Like the she's probably a C. That kind of my grandma doesn't have any at all. She always says that I it skipped two generations, and I got just her share as well. Definitely not thirty H.
0: Now thirty really. H is is a is a massive massive size, and it's technically... You always assume well, a lot of people assume if someone's got massive breasts, then they're a, a bigger person. Like, but you being five foot three, you're no. very petite so i suppose yeah and i've
2: never been over nine stone either so i've always been tiny 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 and that's where i think my back pain comes from because well i know that's where it comes from because it's just like a crazy imbalance
0: and it's bizarre the different reasons for boob augmentations i had my boobs done i was like 22 and i'm now 38 so a long time ago I had naturally big breasts, but my mum and my sister do, and yeah. I my my boobs were always big. And then I lost a lot of weight very quickly, and obviously mm-hmm. everyone knows boobs are primarily just fat, aren't they? And mm. a little bit of muscle. Yeah. So my boobs and bum disappeared, and I ended up with like golf balls in socks. So I okay. had I had mine done because I lost confidence in how they were yeah. to how. So for me, I was like, I want them back to being big again. Because it makes mm-hmm. me feel like myself again. But I'm—I've got broad shoulders. I'm five nine, so it was more in proportion. But then on the other end, there's people like yourself who are in agony with a big bust. And I imagine, especially as a young woman, there was a lot of unwanted attention from uh, from the opposite sex or older guys oh, thinking you're older on. than what you yeah. are. It would be
2: say. So- Weird, weird, weird stares on holiday, like the people around the pool on the beach, like thinking, "Oh my god, this fourteen-year-old's walking around and she's had a boobs It's like that's not the case at all. Where you get really just horrible people just going up to you and just thinking that having a touch is fine. It's like absolutely mm. not. It wow. is. I had I've had that twice where it's like people just think, and I'm not trying to get mine out. Like I, I never wore like revealing tops because I always wanted to conceal them but they were there. You couldn't not tell that they were there and people would just take it upon themselves. It's like, no, that is not okay. It's not okay. And I always felt like I was being, as you say, like they make you kind of who you are, but they also come with so much stigma around them because obviously boobs are so sexualized, which I think that's also why it's maybe harder to get a breast reduction on the NHS. And it's kind of like seen more as a cosmetic procedure rather than a
0: it needs to happen to help somebody's health. I imagine, Abby, that's like a psychological pain that's associated, not just the physical back pain.
3: Yeah, and also you don't want to be your boobs, do you? Like you said about it taking over your like identity. It's like we're yeah. more than boobs. But when, like, obviously, when you have something that's different from like maybe like the average, the attention is drawn to it, and that must yeah. have like a huge impact on your mental health.
2: Yeah, because I remember at prom, I was in my dress. I felt so so good. And then there's this guy that I've probably spoken to twice. We weren't friends, hardly knew each other. Um, but it was at the end of the night when everybody was getting pictures taken together. And he says, oh, I need a picture with the girl with the boobs. And it's like, oh. I really tried my best at prom to conceal them. And then for somebody to say that at the end of the night, I was like, oh,
0: is that what I'm going to be known for in high school? Like the girl with the boobs. I mean, how did you feel the day of your surgery? I'm assuming it's a pivotal moment. You know it's going to be done. I'm, I'm assuming you were excited, a little bit nervous, maybe? I think I'd waited that long and I was
2: so, so excited. Nerves only hit when I was actually walking through the surgery doors. When I was signing all the papers, having conversations with the surgeon, when he was marking up like, a drawing on my breast where I was going to make the incisions, I was just so excited. like Beaming from ear to ear, me and my mum were like playing one direction, having the best time. It was just such... <laughs> Such a
0: great experience. That was in December last year. It, obviously what mattered to you, because you've had a reduction anyway, but the thing with, if anyone's listening, wanting to get bigger breasts, I remember when I went for mine, the surgeon said to me, are you hoping to have children one day? I said, well, I don't really know. And he said, because they will change. Mm. You, you know, the breasts mm-hmm. change, they change month to month anyway, don't they, On with your cycle. And I said, said, no, no, it's fine. And he did it. And from breastfeeding two babies now and from them going massive in pregnancy to back down to normal, they don't look anything like what I paid for anyway. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? They look back to golf balls in socks out of a bra. So I'm I'm glad I got to enjoy them in my in my 20s, you know, uh, when I was more bothered about them. But what advice uh, would you give Amelia? Because obviously, if you went private, was it expensive? Oh my God, yeah, I'm still paying for it. And and it's, yeah,
2: it's, it's a massive, massive debt. It's not something that we took lightly. It was loads of conversations with me and my dad and my mum, but it was one of those where it was, I want to
0: enjoy going forward. I'm only young once, so get it done, be confident. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your story, Amelia. I'm gutted I've not actually seen your mum because I would have loved to have seen her <laughs> boobs. She sounds fabulous. <laughs> um, but no, thank you so much and thank you for uh, oversharing with us. No worries, I love to overshare. Have a fantastic day. And you, thank you. No worries, see you guys. Our next guest is Amy. Amy, welcome to the Overshare. Now, we had a lot of stories uh, through about gastric bands. There was lots of split opinions on them some were all for it some weren't tell us why you decided to have one fitted because i think a lot of people will relate to to your reason
1: um well eight years ago now um someone from school got in touch via facebook i hadn't seen him for many many years and uh he's very very into fitness whereas I've not been. So um, I didn't think he'd be interested in me as I was. So decided to take a drastic step and have a gastric band to try and lose weight. And this was all to impress the guy on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, gosh.
0: Is that a common thing? People wanting to physically alter their appearance for someone else?
3: Yeah, maybe not necessarily for some a particular one particular person, but a lot of people will like work on themselves in order to, you know, increase their odds of finding somebody that, you know, is aligned to them, and that might involve, you know, making little changes. Um but I'm just wanting to check Amy, did he contact you first on Facebook or did you contact him?
1: No, he did contact me.
3: Which might make you think that he was quite happy with the way that you were because he made contact with you. What made you think that he wouldn't be interested?
1: Facebook pictures can be deceiving. When you see me in person, I probably don't look the same. Maybe. Yeah, I get that.
0: I, I, I have I have friends who they'll only take photos from certain angles, and because they don't want to be seen like as the full body and this and that. And I always say to them, yeah, but you've got with so much more to offer. I know mm-hmm. it's easier said, and I completely I understand it. I mean, I've I had a baby um, eight weeks ago, and with this second pregnancy, I put on three and a half stone. I had so much water retention, um, everything was inflamed, and I I felt shocking. And people would say, "Oh, you're pregnant. It's normal." But when you're I don't when you're so set on wanting to look a certain way or being used to a certain way, I completely know what you mean in that it doesn't matter what anyone says of mm. oh you've got a lovely personality but you got a pretty face but you're funny you think piss off i don't feel like that mm. i feel like when i look in the mirror i'm not happy and it's the same for so many people
3: you look at people things online constantly you're constantly bombarded with images of people who look perfect and they don't even look like their own images and i'm not criticizing anyone for posting different types of pictures and all of that but the way that the world is now is that we're just bombarded with these images and it's really, really difficult as a human being to not make a comparison between yourself and someone else and feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Was the gastric band a
1: success? As it, has No, it- it's made me quite ill. I can't eat normal foods because I'm sick. So the only foods I tend to eat are what I can get away with eating, which is things like chocolate because it doesn't upset my stomach. So obviously I can't get the weight off because I'm constantly eating sugary type things because it's crunchy type foods, which is how it's supposed to work, is if you eat crunchy type foods, when it goes through the band, it should be making your stomach feel like it's full. But they just end up, I feel like it's stuck in my throat and I have to be sick.
0: Was this gastric band done privately or on the NHS? No, it was private. Do your family and friends know about it? Did you, did you keep it quiet or nobody knows? Only my mum. Oh, Amy, no wonder that you you feel the way you do because it's it's hard enough going through a surgery, but to do it not have anyone to to speak to. Do you know what I mean? Because the, I'm I'm assuming. Well, I I know there'll be people listening saying, "Oh, thank God she said that," because the same things happened to me. We we had uh you know, we had a, a lady on another lady message us about a gastric band and obviously you're the one who's made it to the pod, but she had a similar story in that it worked but only for a short term and then she's back and she's bigger than what she was and she feels awful. Mm. So I know you will be helping a lot of people by by sharing your your story. Mm-hmm
1: exactly what I wanted to do because it's not a quick fix it's not a solution I'm on waiting list on NHS now to get it out so I can do what I wanted to do and diet and exercise properly once it's gone which is what I should have done in the first place obviously but um, hindsight's a wonderful thing and with the guy who got in touch on Facebook have you
0: had any more contact with him yeah we're still in touch but it's just friends and i guess feeling like you feel do you, do you go out a lot do you do you socialize yeah. a lot now no not really
1: i think it's hard as well because growing up in my teens and early 20s i was size 8 i was very you know i could eat whatever i wanted never gained weight and then i was diagnosed with a medical condition the drugs made me put the weight on didn't matter what i ate i was gaining weight And so that was outside my control as well. And I think in my head, I know what I used to look like. And I felt confident then. So I can't seem to regain my confidence in the current body. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah,
3: makes a lot of sense. It's a bit like you having your boobs changed again. Yeah. Yeah. Because of you,
0: you knew what they were before. I hated the way they looked. And in a bra, they looked fine. But it'd be the whole kind of, if I was with a guy, the light had to be off because I didn't want them to see... Um, but obviously to strangers in a bra and top, oh, she's got lovely boobs. But it's how you feel when you're on your own, in your own body. I think it can be a dangerous cycle, especially when like you said earlier, Abby, were bombarded with how we're supposed to look. And that changes
3: as well. Like it's nonsense because if you think about it, it used to be very, well, this is my take on it. Mm. When I was growing up, it was very like, almost like pro-anorexia, like very Kate skin, Moss look, zero, you know, skinny, you know, Paris Hilton, Nicole Ritchie, that yes. kind of type of a very, I mean, very lean. When they
0: said nothing tastes as good as a skinny it's feels, feels. that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> And then it went to the whole the the Kardashians now, where they want big boobs, big boobs, bum. big bomb, yeah. And it'll change again. And
3: also, night like, now, I feel like there's a lot of on. Um, this is probably just says a lot about me because it's on my discovery feed on uh, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite into fitness, and a lot of my the stuff I see is very much like this is what I used to look like when I was like not eating enough, really lean. Now I eat loads of protein and I lift weights and this is what I look like now. And I think that in a way it's positive because we're, we're moving towards, you know, not being super, super skinny, but also like we just shouldn't be needing to have these conversations. Yeah. And also there's a lot of stuff on there where people like fat shame or skinny shame. It's like, none of this should be going on. We should just be left alone. <laughs> I think, yeah. I just wish that
0: we were all a little bit less judgmental how how long is the wait for the, for it to be out? I genuinely don't know. So your advice to anyone listening who's thinking of having a gastric ban would be to avoid?
1: Absolutely don't do it. It's not what you think it is. They sell it to you code it very differently when you go in for your consultations. Um, it's not the right way to go. It's not the healthy way to go. Thanks to you, Gemma, because I follow you on Instagram and I see... How sensible you are in your approach to exercise and nutrition and everything else has really turned my mind around to how I see it. Oh,
0: thank you. So I'm
1: feeling so much more like it can be achieved now. Oh no, thank you for coming on. And I, I I was just going to say
0: to you, like, with regards to the band, we always, well, I always think money would be better spent on people getting help with nutrition and with a PT. Um, and I know it's it's extremely daunting for some, you know, I get messages of women wanting to go to the gym, but because of how they look, they don't want to go in the gym. Mm. And I always say, but going to the gym, everyone's in there for the same reason. It's like if you go to the hairdressers, everyone's in there getting their hair done. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So no one will be like, oh my... For anyone to say, oh my God, look at her trying to better herself, trying to make herself healthy, <laughs> like they won't do that no
3: we this is something called the um spotlight effect which is where we think as human beings that people are more Everyone's focused on at, us yeah but it's actually when you're in the gym but for myself anyway i don't know how it is for focused people, on but themselves I'm in the mirror on me
0: and i'm thinking about my body
3: the guys, <laughs> so I'm not the guys at especially
0: look at their own bodies don't they in yeah. the gym
3: <laughs> flexing <laughs> and taking selfies <laughs> Before you go, Amy, I just wanted to add something, which I don't know whether it will bring you any comfort or not, but it might make you realise that you're very much not alone. According to the Mental Health Foundation, only 21% of adults are satisfied with their bodies. And according to the British Social Attitudes Survey, 26% of women have felt disgusted with their bodies in the last year.
0: Oh, my God, that's quite a sad start, isn't it, when you think... Because no one should feel like that about themselves. That makes me sad. Especially, I think when you're a mum, the thought of any of my kids feeling disgusted about themselves that makes me quite sad. Can I? Can I ask? We've got producer Matt from a from a, a man's point of view. Matt, obviously, you're happily married with with children. Your your wife, in your eyes, is always lovely. If if she was to change, put weight on, lose weight, would it? Would it does it bother you?
4: I I think it would take a while to notice. First of all, but no, of course, it doesn't. And you change as
0: well. I was going to say, I don't know any men, again, apart from Tom Hardy, who've aged like a fine wine. You guys get droopier and saggier in places too. Yeah, we lose our hair, don't
5: we go grey? We're all a Mm. mess.
0: (laughs) That's the thing. That's why they always say to marry someone whose personality is better than their physicality because when you're both, like, in your 70s in your armchair, you're going to want to have a laugh, not look at a six-pack.
3: Exactly. And we all want to be loved
0: for our intrinsic qualities, not our external packaging. Yeah. You wanna you want them to say, Oh, he's she's a real fun fun girl, she's a laugh, she's,
5: she's attractive, my wife. She's attractive. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: I've seen her, she's beautiful. And they've got they've got beautiful offspring as well. But in twenty years, you won't look the same, will you? Imagine Gorka still saltering when he's like sixty odd. You he them? might be.
3: I can see that.
0: No, yeah. not on my watch. You won't. Oh well. No, thank you so much for coming on, Amy. And um, no, I really, really hope that you get that you get it sorted. But in the meantime, yeah, just keep keep doing things that you you personally find make you feel good, even in the morning looking at direct sunlight or getting up and having a pint of water kickstarting your metabolism and you know little things that make you feel good about yourself um, and, and do it for you no one else because no, no, no guy's well. worth it anyway <laughs> no, unless, unless it's Tom Hardy I'm not changing for anybody <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah there may be an exception to yeah. the role Bradley Cooper <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much for joining us no thank you
0: We also have lots of WhatsApp videos and uh, voice notes. They go through to producer Matt. He loves them, especially the videos. I can't get <laughs> um, one of them was from a lady called Kim. This is uh, Kim's story.
4: Hi, Gemma. It's Kim but I prefer Kim. Um, so, yeah, I met a guy in 2002. It uh, was together a couple of years. Thought it would be a really nice gesture to have his name tattooed on my lower spine. Had a love art put on my back with his name... And then in 2016, I found out he was cheating on me. He'd been cheating on me for 15 months. Got another lady pregnant, knowing for a while that I couldn't have children myself. So we split up. I'm now left with a tattoo on my back that I either have been told that I need a rather large tattoo to cover it up or have very painful laser tattoo removal. I'm now with a wonderful guy who is not impressed that I have this tattoo still on my back.
0: Well, do you know, I, there's a thing I always say, and it's obviously no use to you now, Kim, anyone's name tattooed, it's it's got to be a no-no for me because you can't guarantee, even family members, you know, at some point or other, they're going to piss you off. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But my advice to Kim would be to go for the laser because I've had laser tattoo removal on my lower back. I had, uh, it wasn't a name, it was a little angel. Well, it was a fairy from the Britney Spears album cover. I was a Britney Spears fan and I thought, I want an angel on my back. So I had that done, which obviously as an adult is horrendous. So I had laser tattoo removal on that. It wrecked, Kim. It really wrecked, but it's short and sweet. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like laser pain. And you, 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 literally they can stop start and you have it every, like, every six weeks. Gorka, when we first met, had his own name tattooed on his back. It was like he was, in a, it was, like he was wearing a football shirt. He had Gorka across his shoulder blades, which when I saw it, I said, that's, that's awful. And you said like, oh I know I hate it. So he had it covered and he's got now he's full back tattooed. And he said covering over the old ink was really really painful and the tattoo guy said to him well it is because the skin's already damaged. So a tattoo on an old tattoo is going to be painful anyway. So rather than just cover it up and potentially mess it up just get it lasered because the laser does really work I had six sessions on mine and it's completely gone
3: I wanted to get a tattoo of like an infinity symbol or a feather and like my mum's initials or right. something to like memorialise her yes after she died and and I'm glad that I gave it a bit of time to make that decision because I thought, well, maybe I'm not in the right mind. And I'm glad because now I'm just like, why would he have done that? I don't need that to remember my To mom. remember them, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I, I think with, with tattoos, So I mean, I had mine done in Magaluf. <laughs> it was in a Classy. little, like a hut outside BCM. So clearly I wasn't in sound of mine anyway. But a lot of people, they do it as like you say, just on a whim. Mm. And it's long to, especially like, I mean, now my it's not a fear but because Gorka's covered I say to him if there's ever a time when Mia or Tio say can I have a tattoo I will say absolutely not because I've had all of mine lasers apart I've got one on my neck that I left just because I can't see it, it doesn't bother me but I can't say no to them because their daddy's covered mm. so how as a parent would you like stop your kid from doing something that you've already done when it's a when it's physically there to see they can say well you've done it You did it. It's it's going to be tough, isn't it, for for anyone who's desperately trying to not have their kids do the same as them. Yeah. I suppose that's the thing, is that your kids have to learn from their own mistakes, not
3: necessarily your mistakes. And also, even though you might regret it, like nowadays it's more common to have tattoos and like the younger generations are less phased by tattoos anyway. So in the past, it'd be like a lot more stigma to doing it. And like our older generations are much more judgmental. So it probably doesn't, matter as much yeah that's true
0: I didn't think of it like that now it's just kind of like yeah whatever they've all got them guest is Megan. Thank you for joining us, Megan. Um, You've got your Christmas jumper on, I have to point that out. Megan is dressed for Christmas, (laughs) which I love. Um, We had quite a lot of tattoo stories through, but yours comes with immense complications. It's like a a roller coaster. Tell us what happened.
6: So I I got together with my now husband in 2011 and 2013 I got a tattoo of his name, Liam, written on my shoulder. Um, and we had our ups and downs, and we were a bit rocky, but we ended up having two kids. After we had our second kid, we broke up for a while. So I got it covered, and um, the only way to get it covered was to put this little bird on it. Um, it looks like I think it's a swallow. I'm not sure. I don't know a bird. <laughs> it's got wings. Yeah. So I got that done, and we got married last year. And I decided to get the name put back on, but not in the same place. I've now got on my chest instead. So you had Liam <laughs>
0: tattooed on your shoulder, you split up, yep. you've changed it to some breed of bird, but then you've got yep. back together. Has he got any yep. tattoos of your name?
6: He has now. He didn't at the time of the first tattoo, but when I got the second tattoo, he did.
0: Well, how did he, you know, you got back together with him after you split up. How did he take the news knowing you'd replaced his original tattoo?
6: I don't think he even noticed. We never talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know In- that you've got his name back? <laughs> Yeah. He, yeah so he's, he's not got, totally
3: unobservant.
6: No, well, when I got it back, he got the, my name, so it was kind of like a mutual thing then.
0: Not to put a negative on it, hopefully you stay together, but God forbid, if you ever split up again, would you have it covered or would you just think, no, just put a cross through it?
6: No, I think because it's the initials now, it's L.A. Two of my children have the initials L.A.
0: Oh, so if you split up, you could say, I just went to America and liked it? Yeah. Or you could always just date people with the same name for the rest of your life. Yes.
3: It narrows your search down, but it might be a good thing. Too much choice (laughs) is never good.
6: I can use it again, so that's fine. I'm not worried this time.
0: And we were, we were saying earlier, my, my kid's dad he's full of tattoos. So if they want tattoos, I can't really say no. Would you be up for, if your kids come home and said, Mum, I want all the tattoos you've got, would you be up for them having tattoos?
6: 100% my actual, my 15-year-old daughter, we went to Spain and she got her first tattoo in Spain.
0: Oh, really? What did she get?
6: She got a wee mental health symbol on her hand. We've all got it now. I've got it, my husband's got it, she's got it. And when my children grow up, the other children, I think they'll get it too. It'll just be like a wee family symbol now.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Megan, for sharing your story. I'm glad we've had, a, like you say, a positive tattoo story. You've you've made tattoos sound fun again. Thank you. So up next on the Overshares, we discuss bodies that we love and loathe. We have Heather. Hello, Heather. Thank you for joining us. You've had an amazing weight loss story, haven't you? But take us back to the start because... You've obviously come out the other side, but you, you really struggled to get the help you needed. Is that right?
5: Yeah, I was struggling with my mental health. I was suffering with depression. Immediately, was put onto antidepressants. They did put me for group therapy, but that didn't personally work for me. I ended up taking myself off the medication cold turkey, and I was never asked if why. I was never asked why I got completely out. of you classic case of getting like lost in the system.
0: The amount of people who say to me, I've been to a doctor or a medical professional and said I'm feeling down and they've given them tablets mm. without first saying to them, how much exercise are you getting? How mm. much fresh air are you getting? How much social activity mm. are you getting? And what are you eating? And I guess with the tablets, I mean, in, in some cases, a lot of cases, the antidepressants are needed and they will they will work. But there's always... Mm. Side effects. I think to any medication you take, even if you know the contraceptive pill or you know anything like that, there's always going to be some kind of side effect. Whereas a walk in the fresh air is free. How how long were you on them for, and why did you decide to come off them?
5: I think I was on them for the best part of a year, and I came off them because I went to the doctor's for a routine check. So she was just running through, and she says like your blood pressure is a little bit high for your age, and then she she says, but you are overweight, Heather. And I was, I was, I knew I was obviously, but I was, she informed me I was overweight. And I said, well, what can I do about it? Whilst I'm on these tablets, I'm overweight, what can I do about it? And she said to me, you can either be fat and happy or skinny and miserable. Oh, my God. And I thought, okay. <laughs> um, and I just thought, I'm just going to be on a merry-go-round here. I'm just going to be stuck. And the thing is, I was on these tablets, but I was like a zombie. Yeah. Yes, I was, they, they were antidepressants, but I felt nothing. So... I didn't cry. You could have had a go at me and I wouldn't have felt nothing because I was just like a zombie. You know, that's not living in my opinion.
0: No, and the whole fat and happy or skinny and miserable, how about just healthy? <laughs> you could just be healthy. You could just be, healthy. Need to be either or. Yeah, you could just, you know, eat 80%, 80% what your body needs, 20% what you want now and again, your pizza, your yeah. chocolate,
5: and, and, and get out of there. Well, that's there. my ratio. Yeah, I always, I always just do sort of 80 20. I've never done a diet in my weight loss, um, so I've lost eleven stone at uh, seven. <gasps> wow, and,
0: uh, that's like another whole human.
5: Be... Yeah, it's that's crazy. amazing. <laughs> just keep away. Thank you. And I've just done counting calories and just eating 80 20. Just you know what's right. You know what's. I hate it. The term bad food, good food. It's all about balance. Yeah. It's all about just being healthy. I'm mindful of what you put into your body because what you you are what you eat yeah if you eat rubbish you feel rubbish. yeah that's exactly right what i would say is if you came off the pill the doctors would be attending new messages and they'd be on your back all the time but if you come off antidepressants they don't they, they don't even notice why is that
0: i guess i mean coming off medication safely has to be at the forefront because I've I've done what you did, Heather. The, after my mm. birth with Mia, I wasn't on antidepressants. I was on really strong pain medication because I had a hemorrhage in an emergency section. Yeah. And the pain medication I was on made me feel so... I didn't even feel safe holding her because it made me feel dizzy. Mm. I just wasn't myself. And I just stopped taking them because I thought I'd rather have the physical pain in my scar area then the mental whirl of where am I, what's happening? I've just had a baby, but I can't do anything. And the doctor, actually, I rung them up and said, I'm not taking these anymore, they're not right for me. And they kind of said, okay, it's up to you, but wean yourself off them. But I didn't, I just stopped as well, and I'm assuming that's not great to do, but...
3: I'd say not. I mean, in in Heather's case, it's obviously worked out really, really well, and she's found you found something that's helped and it, it's worked out. But for some people, it would be dangerous to just stop your meds. So mm. I think if I was like advising people more generally, I'd say, speak to your doctor and come off your meds slowly. I think it is a bit alarming that
0: they didn't follow you up, Heather. I feel like yeah, you, know, you have been let down a little bit there. The fact that you took that into your own hands, your own, your, like your body's the only place you have to live. You've got to look after it, whether we like it or not. We have to look after it and the better you treat it, the better it'll treat you back, especially, you know, later in life because people always go like, well, I eat what I want, I smoke and drink and I'm nearly 90 but it's, it's the quality of life. Like, my granddad, God love him, he was an amazing granddad, the best granddad ever, Granddad Norman. Um, but, The last six, seven years of his life, he lost both his legs. He had a stroke. He couldn't communicate. So he was just sat in a chair. And it was because probably, you know, he smoked about 50 a day back then. They did without bothering, didn't they? Whereas yeah. now my stepdad, so my kid's granddad, he's 75. He plays football with her. He's on his hands and knees. He's on the trampoline. So it's not necessarily the length of your life. It's the quality. And that comes down to, you know, two fundamental things ahead of everything else. And it's nutrition and moving. Yeah. That's all it is. And you're
5: yeah, a PT. You've got a Are you a yes. PT?
0: So you help other people. And I guess the good yeah. thing about that, if I came to you as a PT, the reason why I would believe in you and know that you have my back is because you know what it feels like to be on the other side. When you go to a PT who's been slim all the life, you think you've no idea what it feels like.
5: That's what I'm doing with my clients. You know, I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt. I know what it's like. It's not easy, but it's a way of life that will change your life for the better mentally and physically.
3: I think it's awesome Heather's whole story and I'm a real advocate for exercising. but I think there will be some people sat there thinking, oh, we've tried the exercise thing and it didn't not work worked. for me. Yeah. So for those people, I'd say that's pretty normal. And whilst exercise is a great tool for mental wellness, it could be something else that's causing your feelings of depression. So it could be, you know, I mean, Heather, you've added actually another element that's quite good in terms of you've got work That is significant to you, so you have meaningful work. So, if someone's in a job that they hate, no amount of exercise is going to change the fact that they hate the job and it's making them depressed. So, when you go to the doctors, like, yeah, the first response probably shouldn't be, let's put you on medication. It probably should be more, and maybe there's just not time for this because there's not the resources, but it should be more of a let's explore what's actually happened to you in your life because there's a reason for this and it might be coming from the environment or the way that you're living or something that's happened or mm. you don't feel significance, you're worrying about the future too much or, you know, something's happened. And maybe exercise would help. I find exercise hugely helpful. So yeah, you really saw them it.
0: hormones that but
3: just maybe make you feel other good. things need to be addressed too. Yeah. So don't give up if the exercise doesn't work
0: no keep keep trying try
3: out different things and speak to a therapist as well if you can obviously it's one of those things that you know if you can you can get it on the nhs but there might be a long wait list and it is a bit of a luxury to be able to afford therapy
0: thank you so so much heather congrats on your thank journey
5: I, I think it's fab 11 stone thank you for having me thank you Thanks, nice talking to you
0: Thank you so, so much to our guests today who dared to come on and talk about their bodies. I know it's daunting. Abby, thank you. We'll be seeing you again, no doubt. And don't forget to leave us a review and store our details. You can WhatsApp us on 07761 039 or you can email us at overshare at bowermedia.co.uk. That's theovershare at bowermedia.co.uk dot co. UK. and if there's anything you'd love to hear us talk about let us know we love having your ideas on as well the overshare is produced by matt Foister for bauer media and this is just the beginning guys there's many many more real life head-turning stories to come and we'll hopefully see you soon
3: i think that's cracking advice i feel like you've done my job for
1: me
3: <laughs> i can just sit here and relax